they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Bye 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 bye. How are you doing? I'm all right, Mr. David Hellard. How are you? Oh, good, good, woo, good, goodish. It's difficult. It's difficult because I'm speaking to you now, and you're in a different time zone, aren't you? Different decade. Different decade altogether. Different athletics category. Is it? I don't really know. Is it? That is the most exciting part. What What does that mean? Does that mean that you un, you un, you can now podium more, podium harder? So I'm now a vet, which not only means that for his side, my running club, they until this year, in fact, they won the vet category of the Met League. I think seven years in a row. So um, I've now got everything to play for. I've gone from being like an average runner to a relatively good vet which is exciting. It means when I enter races and do badly, I can then go, well, you know, but in the VEC category. <laughs> is that, is that how it works? <laughs> Absolutely. Not all races do it, but quite a few do where they'll have their own prize. So uh, exciting times. What is that? A, a dressing gown or what? Yeah, pipe and slippers. Pipe and slippers. Uh, That's very genteel. I like that. Saga holiday, that type of thing. <laughs> a coach holiday to um, a uh, Belgian market or something. Is that what it is? Oh, I quite quite look forward to that. Oh, lovely. Yeah. But uh, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right, yeah. In a substantially better mood than I was last time. And why, why so? I don't know, really, to be honest. I don't know. Of course, we're, it... talk, we're talking about... I've, I've, I've ran 100 miles this, this weekend, uh, the Thames Path 100. And last time I ran 100 miles, I was in a very, very bad mood, both during the race and after the race. In fact, I would say I was in a bad mood after the race for about two or three weeks. Probably two I, or three... I'd say two or three months. Before I even spoke to you, I think it was... <laughs> It was all. What, how do they describe Winston Churchill? That black had, dog, black dog mood, wasn't it? Black dog. I think you had a black dog when it came to hundred milers. Well, that particular hundred miler. Almost the end of the podcast. Some would say it was almost the end of. I'd give. I'd given up on the podcast. I. I destroyed the podcast within the first thirty miles. That was that was coming to an end. Plus all all of the races I was ever going to do, um, and running in total. I was. I'd given it all up. So what's changed this time then? Um, well, I don't know really. I don't know. I think it was. I think it's the first hundred mile I did with you. I wasn't like that. Second hundred miler. It was a. It was a deep dark place that I. I, I it wasn't really about the hundred miler. I think that was just generally about my state of mind. Was um, it Lee Stuart Evans? Is that why? Lee Stuart Evans was in this race as well. He was involved in this as a, and it was, and it was a surprise. That made, that made it slightly <laughs> worse. <laughs> that he was a surprise. he was not supposed to be uh pacing at this it was a surprise at the last minute that he he would be pacing me for um uh 23 miles of this um okay. so yeah so uh i think 
I think firstly, um, I was in a much happier state generally. Yeah. Um, I think also I was, I wasn't necessarily much better prepared. I, well, I, I kind of was better prepared because um, I had Lorna, Lorna Spain, who's in the group. Um, she yeah. was, she was pacing me and I think that was the first time she was pacing someone and it's a substantial effort for someone to pace someone. So you almost feel a responsibility to them to make sure that you are in the best state you are because they're making an effort for you. Yeah. Um, and I had to make sure, I mean, she was like, but basically bullying me about two, three weeks out to make sure that I had everything in place and have everything ready and stuff. And, and she's when, organized, she, isn't she? But she is organized. And when she bullies you, you, you absolutely fall into line. <laughs> um, and so I, fe- I, I actually felt much more prepared. I was forced to be pr- more prepared for it. Um, yeah, just having everything ready uh, uh, beforehand and everything. And, uh, and I was feeling pretty confident as well because, you know, uh, obviously fitter, um, lighter. And, uh, and so we were, we were generally thinking, all right, let's, 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 go for under, let's go for sub 24. So we had a plan for sub 24, okay. um, which, uh, which we thought was eminently doable uh, based on you know, yeah. how I did. So the previous year, and I thought, well, I'm going to do better than I did previous year because, um, you know, a substantially lighter, substantially fitter um, in a much Easier better place. Easier course? Um, the course amazingly different, actually, um, which I didn't really realise. Um, I didn't realise that the amount of so a lot of the a lot of the Thames path uh, is mm. on uh, tarmac, um, and, and, but you go through sections on fields, and actually a lot of those sections on fields because of all the rain um, that we've had, yeah. and everything are surprisingly like churned up and then dried, and so they're quite like quite bumpy and annoying to run across almost ankle turning yeah absolutely absolutely and i and it it certainly wasn't like that before it was certainly like much flatter and easier to to run before and there was it was like that quite a lot so but yeah to generally felt much more prepared for it uh and everything and um yeah so should we should we go should we go straight into the race report Oh well, we can we can come back to race. Go on, let's come back, to it, come back to it. Go on, let's let's focus on some other we, things. But yeah, that's let me. There's there's the teaser of the of the Thames Path one. You can tell I'm already more enthusiastic about it than I was last time. Well, I just didn't <laughs> tell anyone about anything. Thank God. Thanks, well, <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you're if you're new, welcome to Bad Boy Running. I and, and apologies, David apologies as well for for t- talking about running so early on and actually talking about running in a podcast. We do apologise. That is not normal. It is something that we will try and rectify by giving a Netflix recommendation later or something. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not um you, well, you'll 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 get a sense of the usual swing of things, surely. But um well, we're still we're still getting a little bit of a fallout discussion, stories, things like that from London Marathon. And um, there's been a couple of posts. Oh go on, go on. Bitch. What do you think of this? So okay. uh, Demi Booth, who's uh, been doing that for a while, she deferred Brighton, uh, Brighton Marathon. Yeah. And um, I think she'd signed up. For, she'd got a place for Brighton and for London. She deferred Brighton to next year thinking, um, great, I'll just do London, have a place set up. Then she, think, she got an email afterwards saying that by deferring, that all that actually meant is that she got a discount on her place next year. Yeah. So she's still got to pay 80% of the cost. She got a 20% discount. So she's still got to pay 80% of the cost 
of the race next year. So actually, she's essentially paying twice for a race, which to me is not a deferral. No. And I think, I think completely out of order. It's terrible. It's utterly, utterly terrible. It's just shocking how you're even allowed to get away with calling that a deferral. I think, especially for a marathon, where your chances of being injured, genuinely injured, are so high for a marathon compared to a lot of other races, such that it's not a one-off case that someone needs to defer. It's it's a percentage that you can predict will happen every year, and therefore, if you can predict it every year, it's just a case of rolling those percentages over, and you then don't have to change anything because you know 15% of your people this year are from last year, and 15% of this year will defer to next year. And so actually, it's just a case of transferring over those... those um, let's there's lines in your registration cut and paste to next year i mean what a ripoff brighton what is going on i mean it's the the, uh, they made a big big focus on um when you went to actually sign up for your your race uh get your race registration stuff about signing up for for next year before you've even run the the one this year uh and i think i think it was like 75 pound like early bird or something which is just Mm. ridiculous i mean it's crazy when you think i I just i I can't i just don't understand how it's so ridiculously expensive um and and it's not as if it like sells out in minutes or anything you know deferral a deferral at london means something a deferral at london you know you can understand that it's but but a deferral for Brighton, you know, you, it's not as if the thing sells out in like two minutes or whatever, or it's, you know, you, you can get a place quite easily. There's no, there's no real benefit for having a deferral. It is just a, yeah. it's, it's just a money grab. Uh, and it, and it, it shouldn't be allowed to be called a deferral. Yeah. And I, th- I think if you do that, then you should be allowed to give your place to someone else. Yeah, Absolutely. Because you've paid for a place and therefore someone should be able to run as you or to change the name. And um, But it, I mean, we, we discussed with, I don't think the episode's been out yet, unfortunately, because we were discussing it um, earlier, how we've had other issues with finding content. But Ali and I were discussing how um, when we had the cold snap with the snow, that the way that the deferrals or the cancellations of races has had a massive impact and how they're approached differently and some races now going out of business some races just said if you can't make it um then you can do it next year some races allowed you to pick up your medal even though the race didn't happen <laughs> and it's interesting that we I mean, having been you know, doing a lot of obstacle racing and doing a lot of running Obstacle races are always saying, or some people in the obstacle race, how good it would be to have an association and, and how important it is to have an association and how useful it is to have an association that makes rules and sets um, standards. Yeah. And this is something where you think, come on, UK Athletics. I know you think you're there for some reasons, but actually half of the things you should be there for is setting guidelines, setting principles to stop people being ripped off. Because this is bad for sport if yeah. 
if you're just ripping people off at marathons and it's, it's just it's this essentially encourages i mean the reason why you should defer as a race is because people going into a marathon injured is dangerous yeah and if you don't give people the option of deferring you're creating you're, you're incentivizing them to do exactly that and that is wrong and that's why you should allow people to defer and i can understand if you charge an administration fee of 10 pounds maximum because that's yeah. all it is it's it's changing a line of a spreadsheet to another spreadsheet it shouldn't really be 10 pounds it should be four pounds three pounds two pounds but i can understand that but anything else is just wrong yeah it, it is incredible isn't it and it is it is like a free-for-all it's like how is there no how is there no like stands and stuff people say oh yeah you know buy it on your credit card so that you're protected and stuff like that but i mean honestly you know how is there not uh, uh some kind of standard by which people can feel protected against the fact that you know they're, they're entering a race and if for whatever reason they need to defer this shouldn't be you know you shouldn't literally say oh you can defer but we're not really letting you defer you're just paying again yeah. with a discount or Ooh. you know or this we've we've cancelled this race and um uh, you can't do anything about it, but we'll give you fifteen percent off next year. It's like that. How how is that acceptable? How is that ever yeah. acceptable? It's not. Yeah, and, and and I don't really know what the answer is, other than the code, you know, code of practice, code of conduct, and all of that. But because um, I I don't think individuals should have to take out race insurance themselves, because that's just extra inefficiencies in the system that are going to cost money and. Um, but did, did we discuss marathon cheats last time? Oh, we discuss marathon cheats all the time. Why? Has there been some more? Just from, well, I thought it was quite interesting. The, um, so marathon investigation, Derek has obviously been at it again. And he's gone through the London finishers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And has been flagging individuals who cheated there. And um, I don't think sh- cheat sharing is necessarily, sorry, cheat shaming is necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I understand when you're shaming someone who's trying to take a place in Boston that's denying someone else. Yeah. Or someone who is cheating to win and knock someone off the podium. But actually, London Marathon, the hottest day in the history of the marathon. A lot of people aren't going to be prepared for that. A lot of people are doing it because they're trying to raise money for charity or just because they... You know, they've signed up out of stupidity or they, they're ill-prepared. And so I don't think it's necessarily a good thing that people who privately cheat and privately, you know, cross the finish line, get their medal, and they might not necessarily completely privately because maybe they post a picture of them, probably because of the peer pressure they're under or the expectation on them or the shame they've got at not being able to finish it. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's right that those people should be shamed in front of thousands and thousands of people and their names and their photos brought online to be ridiculed and to be, you know, castigated as, as if they're, they should go to jail for years for what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do you know what I thought exactly the same thing when I saw that. I was thinking, what it really? Who cares, honestly, about those those yeah. individuals? They're not they're not the same individual. You know, there are different levels of cheating. There are people, like you say, who deny other people a place. Um, yeah, 
and they do it knowingly and they are you know they're they're elite sports people who uh, definitely should know better and then there's people who are running their first marathon who you know yeah i i, I don't know I, I just think there's a there's a whole culture now of um uh calling out cheats and stuff uh where actually it's just like yeah yeah i don't know it's well i think it, there's something just cheating something really... themselves yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, if yeah. you're cheating yourself then let people cheat themselves I mean, it, these. I just feel sorry for, especially on a day like London, where I can hundred uh, percent. And and there's such a difference as well between someone who goes to premeditated trying to cheat to get a Boston time, um, or to to cut a corner to win a race, and someone who goes out there hoping to finish a marathon, potentially injured, potentially only doing it for because they feel the pressure of trying to raise money for a good cause. They've bitten off more they can chew. And then what would you do? You're 14 miles in, you're utterly ruined. And you think, God, I've got to, got to somehow finish this. There's no, no way I will. And all these people are expecting me all these. And so you, yeah, you jump a fence and you come in and you get a photo taken of your medal. I mean, the, the picture of the guy I'm looking at, it's not like he's beaming at the camera with pride saying, look at me, how great I am. He's there. He almost looks as if he's like, Oh God. And so, and I was, I was listening to marathon, um, running commentary, actually, uh, the podcast. And what was quite funny, um, have you listened to that running commentary? No, I haven't actually. No, don't listen to podcasts. It's good. It's really, never catch on. It's, you should do, you should do. It's a really, really nice, um, pace podcast. Actually, it's, 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 probably more akin to us than any other running podcast yeah. but they were saying that they were talking about it and well they were like they, hang them they're much more, no, much no. more right-wing about it well they thought it was quite weird to cheat and uh claim the medal um but then they actually said well actually what's weirder is the guy who's spending all his time creating a website to catch these people well, the thing is, if you cared about it that much, why are you naming and shaming? Why don't you just let the authorities know? Why do you have yeah. to post a picture of them online? It's weird. It's, it's just fucking weird. Because I've looked at some of the other things that he posted as well, and he posted this thing about someone who, who was like celebrating at the finish line, um, yeah. and he put their arms out to celebrate, and someone else hit into them. And he and he was he was trying to shame that person as well. It's like I don't understand who actually made you the arbiter of how people yeah. celebrate, or who made you the arbiter of you know um, uh, race behaviour stuff. If you don't like it, report it to the race director and get them to deal with it. But who the hell are you to actually post pictures of those people online? Really, not at all. You you're you're, yeah. you're not yeah you're not like judge, jury, and executioner. Because the thing is, they know what the effect of that's going to be, and they know that those people mm. are going to get attacked. And that, especially on you know online, because I don't know why there's this culture been created about people like fucking love calling out cheats or something, and I can understand it partly. But I was speaking to a um, a race director um, mm. the other day, who was saying that um, he says now on his, on his races there are people love call if they think someone is like. Um, uh, like pacing um, out, they'll call them up and, and, and say, "Oh, this person's cheating, that person's cheating." Just the amount to which people want to call out cheating 
uh, you know, in a, in a really sort of vigorous way, uh, mm. is increased. And it's like, you know, just like sort of calm down a bit, actually. They're, they're not really, you know, they're not really doing any harm. They're not, they're not racing for a place. They're not doing that. They just need a bit of help or, or something. Yeah. But people are just desperate to, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing that, um, a product of social media, um, and and, uh, and if you yeah. haven't listened to the, if I talked about the John Ronson episode where he discusses um, the yeah yeah marketing that, executive, that was a, yeah okay. that was that's an absolutely that's a brilliant book and it made a really good point and that that changed my opinion about things like Twitter and social media and that type of yeah shaming uh, of people for for really no no real reason at all. I, I think it's you. You, it's the easiest way to feel like you've done a good thing or that you're morally superior. Yeah. And so, and if, you, if, if you've not listened to it, uh, do bad as, I can't remember what it's called, but if you look up John Ronson and it's to do with um, shaming on Twitter, and you probably remember the story of a, a PR executive who was flying to Africa she tweeted something along the lines of, um, I'm going to Africa. Um, I wonder if I catch AIDS. No, of course not. I'm white. And by the time she landed, she'd lost her job and she was the number one trending um, person on Twitter. Number death, one threats, trending. death threats, people wishing cancer upon her. Um, yeah, all these things. Yeah. I mean, horrific. And, and and this is someone who was, if you listen to it, actually, it sounded as if her comment was self-aware. And it wasn't saying, people were taking it as a racist comment, whereas actually, I think it was a a comment about the situation in Africa. Yeah. And how, um, and, 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 but anyway, the, the way that blew up. And it, it's starting to feel like that now with running cheats. And, uh, and I, I don't know how we can stop it or how we can, you know, how we can alter it because the the press love it. It's now reported in the Metro or the Evening Standard every London marathon. The latest marathon cheat is, is called up, their photo put in there. Yeah, but I think there's a, there's a difference between a, like a celeb who gets a marathon place for free and jumps the, the barriers and doesn't do it. And, you know, that sort of thing should be called out. As opposed to, like you say, Barry, who's 48, who's never run a marathon before, you know, cutting a corner um, because he's, t- he's bitten off more than he can chew. Mm. You know, there's, but, there's um, a fundamental difference between the two. Yeah, there is. That, that, I, I don't think there's a difference. I think it's just more the scale of which you have used the cheating to benefit you Mm. and so you know even some celebrities i can imagine them being under enormous pressure to have finished even more so and i think it's almost more understandable for them to be like oh god i can't do this but including jimmy in that i am including most (laughs) yeah jimmy thinking of him explicit but i mean interestingly enough um this segues into my next little, what I've been doing last weekend, um, I met Rob Young. at races? Oh, <laughs> you met what? I met Rob Young. 
You've met Actual someone. Rob Young. No, 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 no. You haven't. Uh, so I um. Did he have scaly skin and did fire come out of his nose? I mean, it was it was quite weird because. I've been invited to race in um, Rebel Wings for Life, and well, we'll, st- we'll start there. Either, but that sounds but like Rebel... three different three different things uh, rolled into one. Rebel Wings for Life Ye- sounds like Race for Life, Wings of something, and Red Bull mixed together. It's like a weird cocktail of races. It is, and but I think that is what it was called. Um, but it, it, it's quite interesting. So Wings for Life has been around for a few years. It, it used to be that there was a car you set off and then the car would set off half an hour later and slowly catch you up. Oh, and when it passed you, you yeah. stop. I remember when that was launched. It was really interesting. Uh, did, they really not do that? did they not do that with a car anymore? Well, they do in some countries, but I think inevitably um, the enthusiasm for the race has, has dropped in the UK a little bit. And so now it's a virtual race, which is quite weird because you've got an app. And you're running against where it tells you the car is. But in reality, you're not really looking at it. And it's, it's quite nice. They do have a radio station, so you could listen to it, and then it's telling you. But most people, I think, just had the phone in their pocket and just ran. And then each, at each lap, three K, a three-mile lap of Richmond, you then came in and checked. So um, it was a day after, day after my 40th birthday pr- uh, party. I'd said, look, I'm going to be really hungover. This all right? And they were still cool with it, actually. Yes, yeah, so we were doing laps of Richmond Park, three mile laps, which was, in some ways, well, to begin with, quite dull. But actually, I was so hungover. Um, it was quite nice because it. Wait a minute. It all makes... Was it this the day after your birthday party? Yeah. <laughs> what <Yeah>. the? F- <laughs> but only you, only you would do that. <laughs> well, it's because we we've got. I mean. Last week, this week, next week are the two biggest weeks in our comrades' training. And so... Oh, okay. No choice, really. I, th- well, I thought we had 26 miles to run scheduled. I thought, if if I do Wings for Life, I will get up and I will go there and I'll run it. Whereas if I don't, I'll probably feel like hell all day and then I may or may not go out for a long run at 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. And probably do 18 miles. So... It was, it was, it was almost like playing games with myself, forcing myself into it. Yeah. Um, and it worked because yeah, got twenty six miles in, thankfully. Woohoo! But um, yeah, on the way around, walking the other direction was I just kind of went past. Is that Rob Young? And suddenly went, hey, how you doing? And I was wearing the bad boy running top as well, so I wasn't sure how much aware, how much aware he was of us. Or I was like, hey, are you Rob Young? He's like, yeah, hey, and. Uh, and he was, and he didn't he clearly didn't want to chat that much, but yeah. um, was friendly enough. And he said, "No, Karen, come on, Karen, racing, Karen, racing." But he then went to the finish, and he was hanging around the finish quite a bit. So I got to chat to him afterwards, and it goes back to what we were saying with the you know, the the way social media just destroys someone. It was it was just really. I didn't. I partly didn't know what to say to him. Um, yeah. Invited him on the podcast, but you invited him on the podcast. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, invited him on the podcast, but he just—he still—he still seems shell shocked by it all. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's put on quite a lot of weight. Um, he's not running at all, 
and and that was interesting that I I said oh I said you know you should get back start doing some park runs and things but I think he's probably quite an addictive personality because he was saying that basically if he starts to run again it's gonna it, it will be all um all consuming yeah but he's I think he's just been completely not for six for it and doesn't know what to do really he's still yeah I mean he he was at the wings for life and he clearly liked being around runners and he he clearly liked the atmosphere and chatting to people but at the same point it's, it's like you've had a whole part of your life just ripped away from you I suppose it's really difficult because if you're in his situation you do start running and your name starts appearing on stuff there's going to be that spotlight on it, isn't there? As soon as you mm. do it, as soon as you start mm. doing it, um, you you can't you can't do it without there being that spotlight. Unless, of course, you change your name or, or whatever. But you're so well known that that yeah. is, that's kind of impossible. So it's not just a case, a case I imagine of just being an addictive personality and having to do it. It's like you you probably have to be all in with with a, with a plan. With a focus, yeah, or you've got to, yeah, you've got to kind of come back and come to yeah. terms with it, yeah, and take on, yeah, absolutely, and, and almost expect booze and well, not literal booze, hopefully, but just social media booing and yeah, so it was really, really, um, really interesting actually, and he he did he did come across as a nice guy. Um, so, well, we'll see. I doubt he'll come on the podcast. It'll be interesting if he did. Um, just to understand from him what, how it has actually affected him. And, you know, what has it affected his job? What do his friends think of it? Do they know? Um, and also whether we see what's posted on social media. But, you know, are there a lot of direct messages? Are there, does it, are there other repercussions? But, um yeah, but really, really interesting. And um, but Wings for Life, actually quite a fun event in the end. Three mile loop, um, but it turned out somehow ended up coming second in the oh, UK. Did you? In the UK? Yeah, Brixie oh, wow. was first lady in the UK. Oh, look at you, power couple! What is it? Are you just eat, eating up races? This is embarrassing. It was crazy, and that's because I wanted to run a marathon and uh because the training plan as i came in on my last lap wasn't feeling that great but the guy who was leading the uk i could see him heading off so actually if i'd have realized that um i definitely had another few laps in completely because well i mean to be fair to him turned out he'd run a 237 marathon the day before (laughs) so he turned up almost in a similar vein of being invited by Red Bull and be like, sure, 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 sure. Um, but yeah, I think I'll do it next year if, if I'm free, because it's just a nice way to get out, get the miles in with um, oh, with supported. He's looking to podium. He's looking to podium hard. <laughs> your 41st birthday is going to be a sedate affair, isn't it, next year? Yeah, well, the, 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 the mug, of, mug of Ovaltine and, and probably Dad's Army or something. <laughs> Absolutely. But what, what is quite weird about the race, you, 
you're you're in the podium so you're you've got a leaderboard around the world as everyone drops out but people in wheel it was won by a guy in a wheelchair which does seem a bit strange that it's not a separate category that does seem strange it's not a bit a separate category that does seem very odd i mean fair enough if it was won by a a guy in a wheelchair around the course we did at richmond park i think fair play because that would be bloody tough because it's all trail um but yeah they the guy was on a road in a wheelchair and he got to 90 kilometers <laughs> and you think that is just odd that you it i think it, it is raising money for spina bifida or something similar so it is a wheelchair related charity but even so essentially you're saying okay running people you've got zero chance in this race but come along and do it to raise oh, yeah. money for the people that are going to beat you um given they could just have isn't that isn't that just white privilege that's that's literally that's a lesson for that's a lesson for us all that's white middle class <laughs> yeah. males isn't it that's it that's just... how do how does it feel <laughs> start this race and there's no chance you're going to win it <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Maybe finally empathise. Exactly. Yeah, completely. But um, well, from one race to another, let's let's cut to it. The fills, the fee silk cut. How was the hundred miler then? Take us through it. Oh, Thames Path One Hundred Centurion running Thames Path One Hundred. The it's of all the hundreds, mm. it is renowned as having the highest dropout rate. Um, interesting isn't it because it's the flattest as well it's the flattest which makes it the hardest in order to pace properly because um, I think a lot of people go into it thinking it's a good first hundred miler Mm. a lot of people don't get the pace right early on and then a lot of people blow up so it's like 30% of people on a normal race uh, Thames Path 100 will drop out um, before the finish Um, which which seems crazy, but um, yeah. but yeah. What would the percentage be at the other ones? Oh, much lower, much lower. Like uh, I, I'm not I'm not even sure, but it would it it, it wouldn't be anything like that. Um, and just anecdotally, just to, from doing the um, uh, South Downs Way 100, um, mm. the, that that was my first 100. Um, I, I saw very few people drop out of that, um, and then Thames Path last year. I saw a lot more people dropping out, you know, at advanced stages as well, mile 91, um, things like that. But, um, but yeah, but this year, like with the heat, it was insane. If you can imagine like London Marathon, Mm. but instead of running London Marathon, you'd be running four London Marathons Mm. in that heat. I was just, this, this was something else. Um, And I just, I don't, I, I'm kind of proud of myself for finishing and also thinking it was, it was mental even running in that, in that temperature <laughs> because it was, it was like 25 degrees at like nine thirty in the morning. It was, it was insane. And so many people got it completely wrong. Um, if you have, if you go in the, um, Centurion running, um, podcast group, open uh, podcast, we'll have to have a podcast, uh, Facebook group. Mm. There's so many stories there about, um, people at DNF and everything on it. 
um, like brilliant stories uh, of, of the way that people DNF and stuff like that. But people who just, you know, totally mis, misjudged it and, and not also misjudging it, just it was it was ridiculous conditions to, to do it. And so I mentioned earlier that, you know, um, thanks to Lorna, I was um, a lot more prepared, mm. both mentally for it and, you know, in terms of like my kit and everything else. Um, so, you know, planning to get there, plan to get there nice and early as well. Um, cause, uh, we've given out, uh, BBR vests and shirts and stuff for, for, uh, a few of the dude badders who were running it. And, uh, in tri- typical Rainsford tradition, relied on my dad to, uh, set the sat nav instructions. <laughs> <sighs> so. Surely course, it's just follow the path. No, 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 no. So no, this is to get to the start, ah, to get okay. to the start in Richmond. To make right, so all we need to do is get to the start in Richmond for um, for nine o'clock. Mm. So re- race registration ends at nine thirty. Race uh, briefing at nine forty-five. Race starts at ten. Well, I'm a dad. Go on, dad. You set the sat nav. Done that. We did it last year. Blah blah blah. So it gets to about for a bit of traffic. It gets about ten past nine, and the uh, the car pulls up to Kew Garden Station. I'm like where's this it goes i put station approach in i put station approach in. i'm like did you check it was station approach richmond it's like oh <laughs> so so again as per usual last minute dash across you know it's not even that far away but traffic and everything so i'm the last person to register like with a like a like 30 seconds to go or something guy goes what is it he said something to me he goes Last to register, first to finish. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how it rolls. Uh, so, yeah, so registered everything. Lorna's, Lorna's going batshit crazy because she thinks I'm not going to turn up on t- you know, turn up and everything. And I am I am pretty late. So give give the shirts to some of the do-badders. So uh, to uh, Barnaby, to... Um, so a uh, lot of do-badders there, weren't there? Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. Um, uh, yeah, got all the photos done at the start and everything. A few people came up. Says thanks for making me laugh so much on long runs, etc. Thanks for the podcast. Was, oh, because of the podcast, not just from watching you run. <laughs> no, 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 no. That came later. Like, thank you for making me. Thank you for making me never take up running. I've seen you try it, and it and it and it clearly doesn't work for you. So, really good atmosphere at the start, but, mm. but really hot, really early on. And I'm just thinking, oh my god, this is this is. This is much hotter than than uh, than I was expecting, and so yeah, so it starts. I don't remember the well, last had, year. before you had you said had you adapted or changed any of your prep? Uh, no, because of the heat. Okay, no, no, nothing at all. I do. It's not as if it's not as if anyone prepares to training that heat. I mean, I hadn't done any heat chamber training. One expecting it to be those sort of temperatures for, you know. Yeah, for like first weekend in May, and uh, mm. you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how would you, how would you, yeah, you, know, you don't expect it to be that hot. It certainly just yes, maybe just more more salt content, something like that, or well, you, you change your pacing. You're going for a slower time, or well, we've got like, basically the the aim was to go exactly the same time first half as I did last time, um, mm. and then just not lose time. Um, in the second half. And so the difference was that this year I was going to have a pacer from 50 miles as opposed to wait until 70 miles to have a pacer because that's yeah. where I lost a load of time. I, I think Lee worked out, Lee came up with a plan for this, worked out that I spent between mile 51 and 58, I took three hours, which I have no wow. idea how. 
no idea. Wow, because that's I was, crazy. I was on my own, and uh, you know, obviously, it was a bad, bad time for me at that point. I don't know what I must have been doing. I must have gone sort of <laughs> like Blair Witch Rogue or something there. I don't know. Didn't know that. At Maybe all, you just it. had a little nap. I don't think I know. I didn't. I certainly didn't have a nap. But I remember I really struggled. I really struggled in the. Uh, well, I really struggled the whole of last year uh, until I met Lee, and then Lee had to basically deal with the fallout of that. Um, but this time I was having Lorna from 50 miles, 50 miles to 77 miles. Mm. Uh, so 27 miles, basically. Um, so basically her aim was basically just make sure I keep the pace up, keep the pace up, keep it, keep it going. Uh, don't stop too long at aid stations, things like that. And, um, and then Lee would, you know, take over to basically park the bus, you know, bring the, mm. bring the Memphis bell in, um, yeah. right at the end. And so that was, that was the idea and just keep, uh, make sure that I, uh, it was clear that you know we'd have to have full water bottles um, with electrolytes and everything before. Before we didn't quite have to do that. You could run down a little bit of the water to save on the um, weight uh, in between. But this time, you know, it was it was completely different. And it just literally, I mean, like the first aid stations at a half marathon distance, and after like after a couple of hours, you're like, this is crazy hot. You know, we you know getting close to running out of water and stuff like that. Even at this this mm. early stage, and people were people were struggling then. Uh, people, a lot of people going out far too fast as well. Um, and by the time yeah we pulled into like the first aid station, yeah, people were uh, people people were really struggling. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Dan Barrett, Dan Barrett was at the first one, um, which was which was great. Um, and then, yeah, so like there was, there was like a few errors I made, and it was the same error I made at, um, at Brighton. I, so I wore, I decided to wear trail shoes. Uh, Brooks, um, mm. uh, like uh, I can't remember what the name of the Brooks are, but Brooks trail shoes. And it was just, it was not enough cushioning. You could have worn road shoes, like cushion road shoes or something, because it, it was so hard underfoot. Um, even though it rained a few days earlier, it was just really hard underfoot, and it, and it must have been about twenty miles in or something. My feet were killing me, like really, really hurting. Um, I just, you know, I, di- I didn't really know what to do about it because I thought I'm not, I'm not going to change my shoes this early on. Um, well, they're slightly swelling as well, your feet. Uh, I, th- I didn't think so. I, kept, I think I thought my feet were quite um, dry. Uh, I don't mm. really suffer from like sweaty feet, so I thought my feet were quite dry. Um, as, as I was to find out later that that, that wasn't true. I, I, I totally didn't realise that. It was almost having the same effect of what happened in, uh, on the MDS, uh, a lot of it. My, my feet would, would got really hot. But it got to a point, we got to a sort of stains at about 20-something miles, uh, very glamorous. And, uh, and Lorna, my parents were there and Lorna was there. And Lorna had some ice um, uh, and everything. And so every time we offered the opportunity, we'd like dousing our caps in the water and putting that on. And she gave me some ice to put on, uh, put under my hat. I've got to say. Oh, so Lorna was coming around. Yeah, with... she was, yeah, she, yeah, she was at different points as well. Oh, like, what a legend. Well. Yeah, absolute legend. And she was helping, she was helping all the other dude badders as well. If you, like all the other dude badders, like were thanking Lorna and stuff for like the ice and, uh, lollies and all that sort of stuff she was providing. Oh, cool. You wear the BBR shirt, you're looked after on races. That's, that's, <laughs> how, it, that's how it works now. That's how it works. Um, so yeah, so she gave me these ice cubes and everything. I put them on my head and it was brilliant. But I mean, literally, I was around for about five minutes and they were gone. They just melted. It, I, I couldn't believe how how warm it was. Um, and so, yeah, and, and it just became really, really clear very, very quickly that 
mm. this the, the 24 hour plan was going with I couldn't even keep up with the pace of previous year um I, I got to the, like the 50 mile mark or whatever and I was I was an hour behind um what I was in the previous year even though it and felt was, like I was I was running quicker um and were you just feeling more tired or was it harder to breathe or uh, a lot of it was, I think a lot of it was harder to breathe. Um, I, I seem mm. to struggle quite a lot a bit with breathing um, on, on the race. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know why. That's not really been an, an issue for me uh, mm. doing stuff. But yeah, on this race, it just, but my, yeah, my, so it got to, it got to about um, 25 miles, 26 miles. And like, it got to a point where I was thinking, my feet, I'm in so much pain. I'm going to have to change my shoes already. My idea was to change shoes at the 50 mile mark. So I texted my parents and I said, all right, meet me at, you know, at the next like crew point or whatever um, um, and make sure that you've got the, uh, the ultras ready. Get the ultras ready and this pair of socks mm. so that I can, I can change them over. And I don't know if you've ever had your parents or people you're related to uh, crew for you. Um, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, you know, like John was talking about, John Kelly would talk about the, the, um, uh, the Barclay marathons that in the first year he had his family helping him. And as lovely as the family are and they do everything for you, sometimes they just get stuff wrong. So <laughs> I said to my mum, okay, bring the ultras and bring the grey socks. So she brings the hokers and the white socks. So the total opposite of what I asked for. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I think your mum's a comedy genius. I know, exactly, exactly. I know. I, 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 so I'm like, okay, these hokers are seven years old. I, I put them in just because I thought, well, they're a good backup pair if anything's like so okay so I'm like okay I'll switch over to them I'll switch over to them and see what happens and I did switch over and it was like a a revelation my legs felt better my feet felt better Uh, all that extra cushioning made such a massive difference Um, so I thought okay it's fine I can just change over to like the ultras later and everything and in the end I didn't in the end I stayed in them they they, they improved my feet so much I just stayed in them the whole time the thing I was most worried about is because they were so old that they Mm. might rip or there might be some breaks so Mm. I I asked my mum to take the laces out my other pair of shoes and put stick them in my backpack so that if they did break I'd at least be able to repair them or something so what kept me going at that point was thinking, I can't wait till I see Lee because if he yeah. sees me in a pair of ultras and I've run in the, you know, I've got to him and I've done 50 miles and they haven't broken stuff, it's going to destroy him. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's but, convinced that ultras are awful, is he? No, he's, he loves ultras. He hates yeah. hokers. He thinks okay. hokers, are, like, hokers are like the worst shoes ever. He thinks they break after 30 miles. I, the modern ones might do. These are, these are older ones, so I, yeah. I don't know, but they've, they've been very, very long. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so at this point on the race, I have never seen this amount of people throwing up on a race. Oh, wow. Where, and people are in a, like every time we're getting into an aid station. So we saw Dan again, uh, a later aid station. Uh, and, you know, he's looking after do batters and stuff. They're down, oh, they're getting man. water out, dousing people down. You know, mm. it's good when you've got ultra runners who are, you know, know what to do in this situation. But, you know, I'm running out of water. Well, I, I ran out of water. I, I, was out, I was out of water for about 45 minutes or something before I got to the next station because mm. you're just going through it so quickly because of the heat. It was a long time. Yeah. And, it, and there's a big, you know, it's like the first aid station is 13 miles. A second aid station is 22 miles. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, good, good gaps between them. You know, sometimes a couple of hours or whatever for, you know, depending on how quickly you're running it. Uh, yeah, but there are people throwing up, people clap, people already quitting at, at that stage, and I've never really seen that before. Um, so yeah, so pushing on, it starts getting dark and everything. I realise I'm well behind pace. Go into like the 50 mile mark. 
Um, loads of people at the 50 mile mark quit. I think like two or three do badders. They got to that point and they're just like, oh, we're done. Mm. There's a brilliant picture of Mike, um, who uh, is one of the two banners. I oh, Mike Brisson. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him with him finished? Yes. So they yes. Put the, oh, my God. What an amazing picture. He looks absolutely fucked, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks, he looks abs- a bit like the guy from the, the, the character in The Scream. <laughs> oh, he does, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks, he, he looks absolutely screwed at that stage. And I, he, I don't you know. He wasn't, he wasn't like the only one at that stage. But um, I managed to like change my change my clothes, um, and then like Lorna was just like pushing. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I'm like, yeah, right, Lorna, whatever you say, Lorna, come on, let's do it. She'd be waiting all this time. Waiting all this time, waiting all this time for this to happen. And then you know, and then what happened was, uh, you know, Lorna just like was great. She just like dragged dragged me along. Really kept me kept me running, kept me going. And then it got really cold. It went from being really hot. To being really, really cold, like they, they they've got. It's a night. Yeah, they've got this mandatory okay. kit, and they you know uh, of um, like a fleece or a um, a base layer, mm. and like you're running here, you're going, oh, so glad I brought the base layer and stuff like that, and then it it gets to night, and of course because of the heat, there's a lot of mm. water in the air, so humidity was really high already, but there was a lot of water in there, so there's a load of mist, so you've gone from being like really hot in the day to then running through this mist. In, in the evening and, and through the night and it like your, your body was coated in this like this wetness as well and you, it was just it was so cold um but yeah we oh sort of God. yeah it, it felt like you're going to crack almost yeah yeah, um, yeah. but great thing you know it, it's quite good actually because i i don't know i've known lorna for a while but i don't know loads about her mm. i don't know you know we're not we're not like like really close buddies and stuff before we went into this um yeah. so when you like basically like pacing someone and you're running with them for like like a you know essentially a marathon and you don't know each other a, a huge amount you you can find out a lot about each other you you have you have enough chat there to basically fill the time don't you yeah and so it was quite good so actually that time went by really really quick it it seemed to go by you know uh, having someone to run with all that time not a problem <coughs> oh actually no actually before i got there mm because of the day has been so hot, there were loads and loads of piss heads all along the route. That's the worst. <laughs> that, actually, that's one of the worst things about the Thames Path. South Downs Way, North Downs Way, and things like that, you don't mind so much because you're on a ridge and you're doing like that. The problem about the yeah. Thames Path is for so much of it, you're running past pubs and people sat, enjoying themselves, out in the sunshine, having picnics, having an amazing <laughs> time. And that's the worst thing. That's the worst. You could just think, why am I doing this when I could be doing yeah. all of that? It's so hard. But it also leaves a load of piss heads for, for later on in the day. And there was a point, I think loads of people came up, it was about 48 miles, which you were just going through Reading or whatever. Yeah. And um, there were a group of lads who were basically waiting at this style, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, a group of, like, five or six lads, weren't they? Sorry. Well, like, 16-year-olds. Or... Older than that. Older than that. And you run through, and then suddenly they'd be chasing you, and I'd be like, "Shit, shit!" <laughs> and they're running after you, and they go, "Come back, come back!" And I'm like, "Oh shit, shit! What's going to happen?" They go, "We want a selfie, we want a selfie!" Everyone that's come through, we've had a selfie with. So it's just like these eight lads who just been taking selfies with everyone oh, that was going that's really through. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
So there were loads of people, loads of people on the on the route who uh, who had selfies with this group of lads. Who they must have hung around there for like four or five hours taking selfies with people because loads and loads of people went through there with them. Yeah. So which was quite good. Yeah. So that was just before before. But yeah. But after all, yeah. So. But didn't someone get mugged or something? The last people, the very last people on the on the route, um, they uh, it was an attempted mugging, and I think they hit them with their racing poles and ran off or whatever. But yeah, oh, I mean that's what a time to I know have to deal with that situation. Mm. Yeah, it's awful. Well, it's sort of you know that's a difficult thing when you when you do that it, it's not a problem on other races i suppose if you're going over ridges and stuff like that yeah but if you're going through you go through a bad part of town um, yeah at that time and they always try and pair you up and stuff or you yeah you know, that's always always better with a with a runner but you know you don't want to be a a girl running on your own in that yeah. sort in that sort of thing you know it's always it, i think it's always like important to try and get a, a, a pace or something in in that situation um but yeah, I mean, like it was like two or three in the morning, um, and we got into one A station, and still the amount of people throwing up. There was one guy who was just like throwing up so violently because of everything that's come through the day and everything. It's just, Isn't it weird though that that's what dehydration does to you? Just, but the thing is, at aid station, at these aid stations, you know, uh, from from about thirty miles onwards, it, it is a little bit like Walking Dead and stuff. But I've mm. never seen it the way it was there. I mean, like the the all the like the teams and stuff in these things were like run off their feet from having to deal with all these people that were just you know there were people in blanket you know it wasn't called blankets there were people laying out everywhere it wasn't just like tending to a few like broken yeah. feet and putting some th- liquids in it. There were people who were just absolutely screwed. Um, yeah. And it must have just, you know, taken a massive toll on them. Yeah. But they were just like, this guy was just throwing up in the, in the road, um, you know, walking along a little bit and then throwing up again, like loads and loads and loads. Yeah. All, all down to must've been heat stroke and, and dehydration. And um, yeah, cause that, that sounds familiar at London, but I, I didn't really get it. Cause normally your body, reacts in a way that is good for your body mm. but you'd have thought when heat strokes involved surely liquid and it's good for you to have yeah. in your system so why would you, it's, why would it's you? rejecting it all yeah it's weird isn't it it does something to your stomach doesn't it um, mm. which is interesting because like a like the it was the evening my stomach started doing some weird things as well that it never done before which i don't know was related to the heat or whatever but but yeah um so, Karen running with Lorna, saw some very odd sights on the way. Uh, you find some stuff out about people that you'd never yeah. share. So, what was, um, well, well, is this about Lorna? Or this is this about, about Lorna. Yeah, well, no, it's about Lorna. You know, like, Chico's like, what stays on the ultra to talk about? They're like, very, very quick, <laughs> very, very quickly. Um, it's, I don't know, it's the thing about runners and stuff. You, there's certain conversations you get out of the way really, really quickly. Because you know you're going to have to have conversations about yeah. about certain things, so you get them out of the way really quickly, and then it's like you, once you got that out of the way, then you're like you're just very familiar with each other. You know what I'm talking about? You know, yeah, yeah. You, you're talking about you know bodily functions first and kiss. stuff like that. And what? oh, I see. Yeah, what? What did you say? First kiss? I thought you were like the first, that's the option. Like first kiss. How did you meet your partner? What? Oh, you're talking about 
Have you ever pooed yourself in a race? It's all stuff like that. You just get out of the way, you know, talking about, you know, uh, all of that stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff. That's all out of the way. All of that stuff, like, you know, you just, you've cleared all that. You know each other, you know, everything that's going to happen within the next, everything that could possibly happen in the next 27 miles or whatever, and that's it, you know. But that happens very quickly. But well, we saw some very odd sights on the way. Um, at one point, so, so we're running in the night, and eventually the sun's coming up. And um, there's this guy who looks like he's literally walked out of the Thames in his clothes and he was starting to strip in front of us. It was and weirdest, just a random bloke? Just a random bloke. He literally looked like he'd just fallen into the water or gone was through he saying the water anything? and all his Well, he was talking to himself and he smelled of alcohol. Um, oh, but yeah, it was, uh, we weren't, yeah, there were certain things we weren't And that's when you met Lisa Evans' face <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was about that point. <laughs> it was, it came, yeah, it was very, Lee, Lee was very close at that point. Um, so yes, we met Lee at Wallingford, which was 78 miles or so. Yeah. And um, we got there and Lee, uh, Lee tried to, was desperate to take my shoes off and get my feet out for some reason, because he was trying to, Lee was trying to um, uh, coax a girl, this, this sounds very dodgy, and it would be because Lee was involved, coax a girl who just dropped to get back in the race again because she yeah. got to 78 miles and she said she couldn't do any more and uh, he reckoned she could. He reckoned there was nothing wrong with her, it was just her head in it. And so okay. um, she, was, she was well out of saying, no, she's never going to do it. She's not going to She wants to quit and stuff like that. And he managed to get her un, um, uh, undropped out by, okay. by messaging the race director and said, right, she's absolutely fine. Can we do it? And stuff like that. Because the, the, the crew on the ground said, we can't. Once we've taken the number, can't do it. He managed yeah. to get that turn around. And then we all left together. Good old Lorna. Yeah. Lorna is totally committed. She, Lorna's like, he's not paying attention to you. He's, he's focused on her. If you want me to carry on running, remember, it's your race. I'll carry on running with you. Forget oh, about so that. Oh, so Lee's, Lee's chatting up someone else, is he? Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well he's, he's doing that. He's doing it from, you know, in the, from the right place and everything. But Lorna's just like, you know, she's so focused. She's like, this is your race. <laughs> don't focus. If he's, gonna focus. if he's not going to focus on you, then I'll, come right, I'll carry on running with you and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely fine, Lorna. It's absolutely fine. We, we're not going to be sprinting out of here at like a ridiculous pace or anything else like that and everything. But she was just an absolute star, absolute star. Did actually. Lorna continue with you? No, she did. No, no. I, I, yeah, that would have that would have been crazy. Um, yeah, to make it to make a run. But she was she was just so like totally dedicated as a, as yeah. a pacer. She was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and then and so then I was with Lee, and Lee, of course, you know, manages manages to get me into into a jacket. I was freezing. I was so cold. I was wearing a fleece uh, and a, and, a, and a base layer and a t shirt. And then I needed like a, he put his jacket on me as well, that bloody rat race jacket that he's been peddling. <laughs> clearly, some affiliate fee that he's getting for it or something. <laughs> so I had that on as well, and we, you know, and then and then we started doing some running, and this was all very very unusual. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, like you know, I I was in such a so much a better place. I think because yeah. much better fitness, much less weight. It was all thing. But then it just got hot again because you know we the plan originally was to finish by ten, which would have been fine, um, and that that wasn't happening. Great thing was we got to mile eighty five, which was um, Clifton Hamden, and uh, yeah. Barnaby Barnaby was there, uh, one of the uh, one of the do batters, um, 
And I want to say he was there, as in he'd finished the race, had a shower, and driven <laughs> back to see people at that point. He did it in 20 hours or something. Like, well, so he came back to cheer you in? He came back to like look at people, yeah, to, to, to help people and cheer people in oh, and stuff like that. But yeah, what a guy, what a guy. But yeah, he did amazingly well, like 20, 20 hours and stuff like that in that heat. Incredible. Yeah. And he was saying that, you know, that actually, you know, we're all looking, looking like we're going for a nice stroll or something. But, um, but yeah, it was, you know, and then, and then, you know, we, it, we came into the last few, um, last few hours of it and stuff and we were just going, oh, you know, this is, this has been a bit of a write-off as a race because, you know, it's going to be much slower, much slower than last time. Um, you know, this one is just everyone, everyone's plans went out the window really early on. So let's just finish and everything. And then, uh, JJ Jelfs. Uh, yeah. crops up literally must have been like last like five miles or something four or five miles into oxford because uh, i think that's where it's from isn't it so we see this like oh, do badder right. okay. running towards us with this clinking backpack full of uh, brew dogs <laughs> and so we're all walking together and stuff and we're like joking about this and saying oh you know this is amazing yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish this race and then we're gonna have some like booze and everything you know and it, there's no chance you know it's amazing how what was the point of doing this race in the first place when you know it's not 24 hour i'm even gonna do it you know take it longer than last time and at one point like lee realized he goes do you know what we might be able to sneak under your time of last year and we we're like oh no we're actually going to try doing that now and so we um once we got that between the between like in our head that actually we might be able to do it i think yeah i think i ran something like the last the last mile of that 100 mile i think i ran like an 11 minute mile or something uh, <laughs> as we tried to as we tried to like a really painful 11 minute mile or something yeah. on it um as we tried to get back into, you know, get into Oxford and, and do it in time and stuff. Um, and I think, it, like, in the last last couple of miles, we overtook, like, 17 people or something, like, proper walking wow. wounded. And, you know, which shows that, I don't know, I don't know really what that shows. Um, but, well, yeah, we I, came... I think it's good to have a focus like that at the end because those last miles are so, oh, they take just... so long. But the thing is, that's the other thing. I so, I, Okay, so we got into mile 91. Lou was at mile 91. Yeah. Lou... Needs to work on a uh, work on a motivational chat a little bit. I've got to say, you know, <laughs> she's great and everything, but a motivational chat at mile ninety one was pretty bad. She said to someone, "You can't drop here. Um, we haven't had any dropouts so far, and we'll lose our record." To this girl who was crying. I've ne- that's the other thing. Oh. I've never seen so many people crying at aid stations saying, "I just don't want to go back out there." I mean, like this woman was at mile ninety one, and she's going, "I can't go back out there. I can't do it." things like that and they're all perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with them they're all perfectly once yeah. you got them up and once they were walking and you saw them like 10 minutes later they were absolutely fine but people were just getting so in did, and... did she go back out then yeah yeah but most of them did most of them did who like you, you saw crying sat there and saying they'll never be able to do it and they don't want to go back out there and stuff and it just took you know it just took like i don't know it was weird we'd never really had did any. the girl that did the girl that least Stuart evans Ch- um, ch- chastise back into the race finish yeah absolutely we all yeah when we got we got to the end we did a sprint finish at the end um obligatory press oh up. so did you all go together the whole way oh what with that girl yeah no 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 because she started she slowed down a bit and everything towards the end and everything so okay. it was just me and Lee towards the end uh until we met up with jj so we did yeah sprint yeah. finish towards the end came in thing did the obligatory press-ups and everything 
<laughs> big old cheer. Met up with like Lorna, who was waiting at the end and everything. Sort of sat down for the celebrated the Hoka win, as I like to like to think of it. <laughs> and then we just watched other people coming line, loads of people who we'd overtaken, loads of people that we saw. Uh, you know, and it, yeah, a lot of them were re- you know really like hobbling and uh, yeah. struggling to get over the line. But like some, yeah, you know, it's just that in that heat, just incredible, incredible stuff. Um, uh, considering, uh, yeah, and so you know, it was. I it felt like a, it felt a much stronger, a stronger race. Even though it, I mean, it was only yeah. six minutes after last year, which doesn't seem. I mean, it's almost pointless having done it, but it was. Uh, it was generally a much, much more enjoyable race. It was like one of those things where you just, I really, I just really enjoyed doing it. Uh, it was everything that yeah. you just expected. Because it, I mean, the thing is about the Thames Park, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It is yeah. so lovely. And, it, and on a day like that as well, you know, just being able to like enjoy it for what it is. The weather, you know, the weather was ridiculous for running it. No one should ever run in that heat. Um, but actually, you know, it, it is, it's stunning when it's like that. It's like really like the best of, of a race when you, when you, when you, when you yeah. enjoy it, when, you know, you, you go that you could do with a bit more water and everything as well. But, um, but yeah, it was great. And I think, you know, having like having the additional fitness and if I had, if I didn't have a support crew, uh, like with my parents there yeah. and things like that, I, 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 I'm not sure it would have been the race it would have been because I just don't understand how how you could have done it um, without that without that level of support. Yeah, and I think yeah, and- the dropout rate was insane in the end. I think there was like three hundred started. I think it was like one hundred and one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty dropouts. It wow. was yeah, it was ridiculous. There was just from really really early on as well. Um, I don't know what the final dropout rate was, but. But yeah, it was it, it was crazy. Um, I, it's I, nice. It's nice to hear that you actually enjoyed the journey and not because I think a lot of races sometimes you just you you accept the race is going to be a slog. Tough. Yeah, it's a slog, for isn't the, it? For the result, but actually, the last one you did, you didn't enjoy the build up, you didn't enjoy the race, and you didn't enjoy the fallout. So it's nice that you can, actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you can enjoy a race now so the next one you're going to be more likely to actually train for it you're actually you're potentially going to sign up for more it must make such a difference to your outlook on running really it it does make a massive difference and that's the thing uh and it makes a difference because you uh it just it's like having a like a good group of people around you when you do it makes a massive difference Mm. having um like even like being part of the podcast makes a difference. Like the amount of like uh, uh, like fuck you buddies and stuff you heard. Mm. Even when like, I came into some of the A stations, when people like recognised my name and said, "Oh yeah, fuck you, buddy," and and stuff like that. You know, just little things <laughs> like that get you going. And and I suppose that's the that's the benefit of being part of like a club of some sort, isn't it? Is that you just yeah. sometimes need to have that like slight acknowledgement that like, other people are are with you on that journey. In fact, very interesting. It got to mile forty odd, and I was running over a bridge. And some guy stopped me and goes, I wanted to buy some caffeine bullet off you. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, <coughs> I wanted to buy some caffeine. Have you got any? I'm like, no, no, I haven't got any. And I haven't, what? He's going, oh, no, if you haven't got any, I won't buy any. I'm like, no, what, what are you talking about? I, 
so yeah, you're getting brand recognition, like even the, even in the middle of a race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Well, um, someone from my my running club asked me if I was running it because someone signed up again as David Hellards. Hmm. Someone had signed up as David Hellards. Had they? I've no idea who, and um, because he'd asked, and I I went on and I I checked, and yeah, I was down, I was registered as running. Um, I don't know if I've officially finished or not, but I mean, whoever that is, I was thinking, bloody hell, that is commitment to to a to a cheap gag because if if you're (laughs) you're going to do a a whole hundred miler, yeah, and, and not take credit for it. I mean, talk about commitment to the joke. Yeah. That's amazing. But um, are you so are you going to sign up for another 100 mile now then do you think? So um uh, so at this stage I am pondering. So I I am signed up for South Downs Way 100. But um okay. I'm pondering, you know, as to uh, as I don't know. I don't know if it's that again. I'm, I'm... I don't know. I don't know. I'm potentially tempted by Thames Path 100 next year. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'll probably be doing Boston Marathon anyway. Yeah. I'll be doing London again, pacing that. And it's quite a nice time of year, actually, to, to do 100 mile, I think. Do your marathon training, but actually you then just up it for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, is, it is a good race. It's um, But the thing is, you have that thing of, like, you just... You, You'll run through all the all sorts of pain and shit, won't you? Whereas most yeah. people, I think, would back off, and you wouldn't. You'd just go hell for fucking leather, and then yeah. I well, don't I don't know. I think, I think it was. I've I think never. It, that is, I think that's the sort of race that would suit you because you can. You you're good on the flat, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, I think comrades will tell me a lot about whether I would enjoy it, whether I could do it or not. Cause I've, I've never, you know, I've, I've done the long day of the MDS, but I didn't race it. And in reality, I've, I've done a, what the country to capital, which I raced, but I, it wasn't my a race. You know, I, I raced it as part of training. So I haven't really done any races that are long. So that's what I don't know whether I've got the mentality for something like a hundred miler, whether I'd be, because I still can't get my head around how slow your pace is compared to normal pace. And it just seems it just seems ridiculous to go out the pace you would, but you obviously have to. And so I, I just don't know how I'd, how I'd find that. But yeah, I'm interested to, to find out really. Um, I think Claire potentially might be up for a hundred miler herself. But you so. could, the thing is, there's, there's people that have just do it in different ways. There's certain people that like cane it for like 70 miles, collapse, you know, go to sleep for two hours, wake up and then finish the last 30 miles, you know, and that's still quicker than, than, than most people. There's just, there's different ways of doing it. And yeah, it's about settling into the way that works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and but I I just quite like the idea of having paces. I think that'd be really nice to be able to meet a mate and have that as a moral. I, I always try and set myself different stages of a race where bringing on my music or having a caffeine bullet or having um, you know, margarita shot blocks rather than the other flavour shot blocks. Just something that's a positive. Those margarita shot there, blocks. Those most margarita shot blocks were an absolute lifesaver. 
Oh, so good, aren't they? Yeah, oh my god! Like that. The main thing I was worried was, you know, about the like. So I was like putting like, um, like doubling up on my um, like high five and taking those shot blocks and stuff like that. And I think I, I think actually that is one of the big thing. I managed that much much better. Um, I, I actually I, I I think I messed up because I I didn't eat anything for at least the first three hours. Um, and you know proper like, the heat, stuff like that. Well, because just because it was too hot. But then I started taking the margarita yeah. like shot blocks and stuff, um, and that's that that made a difference. And and um, I start I bought some proper food and everything to eat as well. So I had um, I had uh, what's it called uh, fake cheese and pickle sandwiches, um, which made massive. There's like there's no <laughs> there's like no vegan food and stuff at the um, at the aid yeah. stations. So I, I but that was better. That was better. That the fact that I pre pre planned that. Um, so yeah. I had that ready, and then what I did is make sure that every time I saw like my parents, I said, "Make sure that this." I, I packed a, a backpack, and I made sure that everything was in it that I needed um, in the right places, so that I could just like put my hand and grab it and eat it and go. And so I'd have that ready. And having that was a important thing. And I bought I bought some like vegan cakes and stuff as well to help along. And I bought some Vigo chocolate, which is like um, like a vegan alternative to like um, whole nut. Which was like that was just like yeah. that was just like a moral, yeah. You know, what's it called? A uh, just something morale to just, boost. Yeah, exactly. A morale boost. That's exactly it. Morale boost. You just yeah, you know, They just made you just think. Great. This is this is this is really good. And I saw. I think it's also. I stopped quite a lot on the way because I just kept seeing people that I knew and having chats with people and stuff yeah. like that. Which you know, you know, it doesn't matter for like a couple of minutes, does it? Really, on your on your pace and yeah. stuff like that. Just to just yeah. just to do it. Yeah, you know, all of that helps you along and you know it was it was just it was a completely different race from um from from last time and I, and I finished it and I was so I was just uh, you know I I felt like I'd achieved something because of the weather just finishing that race yeah, made completely made, yeah. amazing yeah and also having you know having having just doing was it with it... a group of people as well you know like a bunch of do badders had done it as well so it was it was really good and that from that perspective and did you notice a big difference in having Lorna pace you and Lee pace you in terms of their styles, in terms of what they did and what they said? Was was one better at something? Did, could one learn from the other, vice versa? Or um, Lorna was just really good at making sure that we just kept we kept moving, just kept moving, and that was it. Yeah. And she recognised that sometimes I I was having trouble with my breathing, which was a bit weird, and I didn't really understand why. Um, mm which I didn't understand but we we sort of like worked through that and everything but she was like really she went you know she went off to try and sort stuff you know went up ahead did those sort of things um like really sweet Lee Lee was um uh yeah Lee was great Lee is Lee always is you know although for some reason I don't know why he decided to do it he's decided like about oh yeah oh yeah this is it okay so pre like last time I had this thing I've uh, it is possible to run and be asleep at the same time. <laughs> There's this thing you don't realise. Well, you do it. It's possible to run and be asleep at the, at the same time. And um, last year, I remember that that made up a load of the race for me. That literally, I was so tired. I want to do it. And I was okay. Uh, I've obviously worked it quite well. I was okay. And then I hit mile like 82 or something. And yeah. I just couldn't keep my eyes open. I just didn't. I just, it, I got to that point. I was thinking, oh, no, this is it. I've, I've hit that tired stage where I just yeah. can't do it. I'm just literally just falling forward and stuff like that. So we tried doing different things, bit of caffeine, you know, uh, just try different things, pulsing bars, stuff like that, giving me more food. None of that was working. So he's like, okay, 
bend over. And I'm like, oh, what's happening here? And he basically waterboarded me. He put like cold water all over my head and things <laughs> like that. And I tell you what, it absolutely worked. It yeah. absolutely worked. I was he like, I, it sent me into shock and I couldn't breathe for like, like two or three minutes because it, I, it was so cold, this water it was putting on me. Um, but it totally woke me up and I didn't have another wobble uh, since then Amazing. at all. It, was, it worked really, really well. But then he started doing this thing where he started going on about how like 19, is it 1984 was the, or 1985 was like the renaissance of music and TV and film or something. And he was playing a load of music from this period of time. And I'm like, Lee, this is utter, utter shit. What when type he, of songs? Just, just like a load Frankie of 80s songs. Frankie goes to Hollywood. And... Just like, I'm like, this is utter shit. Why do we have to listen to this? Can we listen to something else? And everyone that saw me at this point was going, how how you managed to drown out Lee? And I'm like, I don't know. It's quite impressive, actually, because I don't know how I'm doing it. <laughs> like, even JJ was like, why are you listening to this rubbish? Yo. And Lee's going, oh, great. Was he trying to start a rival to 90s reggae? I, I don't know. I, but, 80s uh, power ballads. Or... I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. But I, even that could... As, a, as, um, as I said to uh, Lorna, I had this situation where for that entire time I was with her, I didn't moan once. I didn't, I, there was no moaning at all. Libby is absolutely astounded that I went that amount of time without moaning, generally. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I, I, was, I just, I didn't have a negative feeling in my body the whole, the whole time. I always think that. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? Um, which obviously means I wasn't pushing hard enough. Uh, I was taking it too easy. Oh, you were in the zone. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I always think on a, on a I'm sure I've said this more, on a hundred mile race, the, the hardest period in a hundred mile race is between mile like 32 and 40. I don't know why. I always think that lasts the longest period of time. After that, it seems to go, it just seems to fly by, but it's just that 30 to 40 mile mark. I don't know why. It's just, you're, you're getting over the hump of having done a marathon and your body's sort of getting, mm. your body's warming up and everything, getting used to it and everything. And it's just, I don't know, it just, that section just seems to last forever. Well, I guess there's no positivity in it because you're not counting down the miles yet. No. And you're not close enough to 50, but you're far enough in that you're like, bloody hell, this is hurting. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It is, you're feeling as though, um, yeah, you're not even halfway. That's the, that's, the, that, yeah. I mean, that's the real mental thing, isn't it? When you hit that halfway mark, you think, this is halfway. And it's night time, and it's been hell so far. What do we do next? But honestly, it was just it was it was really good. I didn't I didn't have a uh, an issue with it. I'm sure I'm not sure that any of that's true. Actually, um, having said all that, I probably thought that completely different, but I forgot it. Literally, memory wipe as soon as I crossed the line. But yeah, yeah. Good, good good work. So yeah, so I I might be doing South Downs Way 100 in a few weeks, but I might not. I don't know yet. Oh, and is that dependent on how you or negotiation with the missus, or if you want to do it? It's there. No, it's there if I want to do it. I just, I just need to. I need to work out what the point of doing it is. That's the thing. What is the yeah. point of doing it? If I don't think I've got yeah. a proper shot at twenty under twenty four, what is the point of doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, you that you were there, man. You were there. We, I could have done it in twenty four. Couldn't I the first time? But I I gave up. I gave up like as yeah. soon as I met you. That was the thing. 
Well, it just it just wasn't it, it wasn't a goal we'd set yeah. in enough concrete as such. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it. So that's that's the story of the Thames Path One Hundred. Well, the congratulations, mate. Thanks, man. Thank you. And, and the other debatters as well. Well done, Dan oh. and Lorna and Lee for for helping out and. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Mark. Um, uh, well, of course, Mark, who did it, then went yeah. on to um, pace uh, at the uh, Milton Keynes Marathon the next day. Oh yeah, of course, that's fair play. Yeah. And to be fair, I'd, I'd say a bit reckless of Milton Keynes for allowing, a, <laughs> for allowing that to happen. <laughs> it was a touch reckless, isn't it? But yeah, he yeah. is a good. He paced him in at five fourteen or something. Madness, yeah, fair play. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I enjoy pacing, but I think I'd be quite confident if I was doing a hundred miler that I, there's nothing on earth I'd want to do the next day, um, less than riding in a marathon. I, well, I, the the thing I like, love most about hundred milers, or all that sort of distance, or that sort of time, out, is just how exhausted you are. I just. Mm. I'm so, it's like I'm so exhausted. I find it so easy to just fall asleep and everything. And I'm, I'm never mm. like that. Uh, there was my, uh, the, the, it was that evening. Um, I started to have these weird, like sort of palpitations in my chest and my stomach and stuff, which I think was a result of either the, cause you've eaten so much shit as well over that period mm. of time. Uh, and your body's just trying to get back to feeling okay and things like that. And I, ha- I was having these like pains in my chest and stuff. So I lay on the floor to try and like calm these pains down on my chest. And then I fell asleep on the floor for about two hours. No one woke me up. Just my whole family just walking around in the dining room, just walking around me, uh, laying on the floor. Just perfectly normal. This is just daddy's just, you know. In, that's uh, cute. I think I've done the same. I mean, I, I did that this, today when Claire was asleep just before football. I was going to message her friend to say what time's a football match. I'll wake her up. Um, she 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 woke up before then, thankfully. But uh, yeah, they want some peace and quiet from Daddy. Finally, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. But it's good. It's good. So uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pleased with that. And uh, yeah, I don't know if the weather's like that again. I just that is something yeah. I like. But the thing is, I I prefer running in that than running in rain. I always will do. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I love it's, the heat. It suits. It suit. It seems to suit me better. Uh, I enjoy it more. And it is, it's more, I think it's more challenging, but generally it's, you know, I think, I, I think I'm just much happier, much happier doing it. Um, yeah. And it, it makes everything look better, nicer. And while it is more challenging, there's nothing worse than you can, you can, you can cool down, but drying off isn't, unless you change your whole, your kit yeah. and then it gets wet instantly. I think it's just so much worse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations, mate. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Number three. Boom! And uh, still chasing that elusive so, um, sub twenty-four hours, though. That will it will happen. It will happen this year. I think it will happen. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, do bad is get signed up for the ten past one hundred. Hundred is is it one of those races that sells out quite quickly? Uh, no, I think you're all right. There's, you know, I think 250 odd people, there's 250 people sign up, 60 odd people get places through volunteering and stuff. So when it opens, you, I think you've got to, you've got to be like, I think it, it, it closes off within a, a few weeks. So it's okay. not. So if you want to do it, you get a place basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, um, well, do ballads. That's 100 miler. If you've got any suggestions of other races for us to do, let us know. Next week, we're going to be talking, I believe, to probably many, Rennie McGregor, who is the 100-mile great British nutritionist. Yeah, it would have made sense for us to have her before, actually, wouldn't it? That would have made sense, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But we've actually already recorded that interview. It's really good, really interesting. She also talks not only about 100 milers, but how to test yourself and how to... Um, trial things in the build-up to races like that even if you've never done a 100 miler before and also how to create nutrition plans that are specific day-to-day to to what your training needs are that day rather than just thinking I'm a runner I need carbs um, and some protein you break it down in more granular detail so really really interesting episode yeah that's a a pad and pen episode isn't it because she is there's so much information packed into that one really 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 good brilliant so um, yeah so if you've got any other suggestions of people we should interview like Rennie let us know get in the Facebook group or let us badboyrunningpodcast.com please subscribe leave us a rating five star review on iTunes or find us on Spotify. And um, if you have a podcast, thank you for listening. Other recommendations? I mean, the first time, go and listen to JD's first 100 miles is really interesting to see the contrast between the two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, uh, first episode about 100 miles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was, that. that's, uh, yeah, I think I, I, we've covered all three, haven't we, on the podcast? So actually. Yeah, I think so. We've at least discussed the the first one that we did together when we were pacing. Yeah. Um, but there's also a great episode with Robbie Britton, who's in the the British hundred mile team. He's uh, he talks about running hundred milers, but also about um, moving to Chamonix. About, I mean, he he doesn't hold back when he gives his views. To be fair, and also we've got a great episode with uh, Camille Heron, who is the the world hundred mile record holder who drinks beer during her races um or you can listen to one of dean Carnassus, most famous ultra on earth who um he's done 100 milers he's done bad water he's done the spartathlon so uh, quite a few episodes there if you haven't listened to them for you to get your teeth into marvelous work man cool well uh, anything else to add jerry i don't think so i think you covered it if you've not if you've listened to this episode for the first time and uh, you uh, want to get into it i would suggest listening to the a to z of bad boy running um and uh, that'll give you a good flavor of everything that's here it's been a very running oriented episode actually um it's been quite yeah it has been, yeah i know we did that this is very unusual very unusual indeed we'll get back we'll get back to netflix recommendations and and uh, uh talk about things that annoy us next week absolutely well um Pleasure as always, Jaylee. Congratulations again. Cheers, and man. I will speak to you next week. Cheers, man. Bye-bye, 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 bye